Hi, it's Bill Smith from the Classic Camera Revival, and we're back with another deep dive. This time, I'm here with Mike Bataxi, and we're talking Pentax Spotmatics. Hello, everyone. Coming to you live from Toronto, Canada, this is the Classic Camera Revival. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you certainly will after listening to our show. So yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to break this down in a little bit of a history, uh, both the camera, the lens mount, a little bit about the lenses, and we're going to talk about uh, how much fun it is to shoot with a Spotmatic and why you should get one. So to lead off, um, the Spotmatics were launched in 1964, replacing the uh, S1A and the SV in the SI optical uh, product catalog and was discontinued in 1970, I would say either late 75 or early 76. Yeah, I, on I think we, I'd go the, yeah. more 76, good 12-year run off these cameras, which is phenomenal. Yeah, and considering you know, the, the lens mount was getting a little long and a tooth near the end. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the Spotmatic I was... Um, I gotta say, it had a lot of technological firsts with it. It was the first camera on the market with TTL metering. Um, granted, it was a stop-down variety. Uh, the name behind the Spotmatic, the SI people behind SI Optical thought, wouldn't it be neat to have a spot meter in the early 1960s? However, um, actually bringing it to market was prohibitively expensive, so they kept the name, but yeah, went with something a lot more uh, simpler and more reliable. So the early models were the SP and the SP500, and we'll get to the 500 in a second. The SP uh, came from speeds bulb to one one thousandth of a second, obvious. Pretty standard. And was available in either shiny chrome or basic black. And uh, the SP500 was the budget model at the time. It only officially went up to one five hundredth of a second, but like the S1A, and if you're oh, the fans of the movie Spinal Tap, you could always take it to 11 because there is a hidden 1,000th speed. Uh, yep. Right after the 500, you just give it one more click stop. And sure enough, yeah, you've got one 1,000th. So how did they, how they save money, basically? Just Printing. by having, instead of that last little number printed, yeah, they just didn't bother and just kept that spot blank. Yeah, and I think they also took out the... Uh, you know, the self-timer and... Uh, yeah. And there was also an SPSL, which was essentially a Spotmatic without a meter. So essentially a continuation of the SV. That didn't last long. Now, later, the later budget model, which came along around yeah, around 1970, was the SP-1000. So still no self-timer, but it came with a 1, 000, an official 1 1,000th of a second speed. Now, getting to the meter, uh, the meter of the SP re registered from... Uh, ASA 20 to 1600. It had a meter strength of uh, EV 1.7 to 18 at ISO 100, and they used CDS cells. So by the 19 said the early 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 1970s, the SP um, was sort of yeah again it's showing its age. So the, uh, the SI optical company came up with the Spotmatic 2. It was introduced in 1971. Now for our American listeners. Uh, the Pentax Spotmatic was distributed by Honeywell. So if you see one in your neck of the woods, most likely it'll say Honeywell Pentax on the prism and not a Psi Pentax. Yeah, I, I happen to have uh, picked up uh, Spotmatic 2. It was kind of interesting when I had my original Spotmatic right next to my Spotmatic 2. And just one of the major differences was not just the Honeywell badging. That, that was irrelevant. But the fact that it actually incorporated 
a hot shoe on top of the prism as opposed to the original one, which did not. It, yeah. You could just have to get a slide-on cold shoe, and everything was connected through your PC sync ports. Yep, yeah, that was the big uh, advance with the uh, Spotmatic 2 is the hot shoe. Now, with the Honeywell version, they had an extra sensor that worked with their proprietary uh, flash system. Not available in the rest of the world, but just the U.S. And it's a little... They're a little less seen on the market. So if you come across one and you want something to got a bit of a conversation uh, starter, yeah, the Honeywell Spotmatic 2A would be a cool one to get. Now, it too also came with a hot shoe, um, an updated meter. The ASA range was increased to 3200. And uh, it was a great camera. Uh, it only lasted a few I think it was only two years. And then it came out with probably considered the best Spotmatic of them all, which is the F, which we yeah. both own a copy. Yeah, with the open aperture metering, which unfortunately Practica beat them to the punch on, but only just barely. Yeah, and they also did a big... Um, uh, basically, it was a lot of stuff under the hood, little things here and there that... Um, Improved the camera. Now they've also switched batteries. Uh, they went to the 625 uh, from the earlier um, PX400. Now, speaking of batteries, um, Spotmatics used dreaded mercury cells. The SP and SP2 used the PX400, and of course, the F used um, the 625. Now, here's where things get a little interesting there is a bridge circuit in the camera. So you can use silver oxide batteries. Yeah, it works just fine. Yep, so you don't have to worry. Now, if you've got an SP, SP500, SP1000, and a 2, you can use the Energizer 387. Yep, yep. Now, with the 625, life gets a little more interesting. You can buy a little spacer from an eBay seller called Nobby Sparrow. It looks like a 625 battery, but it's got a... Uh, a space carved out for your 357 Energizer uh, or SR44, and it'll work just fine. Now, we have to say something a little about the electric Spotmatics. And around 1970, Pentax decided to take a big leap forward and came out with the Electro Spotmatic, which was a first aperture priority camera for them. And unfortunately, the electric Spotmatic, which was, which was a Japan market-only camera, was an utter dog. Uh, flaky electronics. If you see one today, it makes a great shelf queen. Uh, don't expect anything reliable with it. Uh, the idea was great, and they solved a lot of the problems in the ES, which was its replacement, and then the ES2. Now, the ES took a 6-volt 4SR44 battery, like uh, the Canon A1 or the A1. You lost um, a few features just to accommodate the battery, and the way it worked was... It was aperture priority with mechanical speeds above 160th of a second. Everything was stepless when it's on aperture priority. So it was, I've read their fun cameras to shoot, but uh, be aware of the electronics. They are getting on for their late 40s. And uh, yeah. Better to stick to a mechanical camera. And again, if you can get one, an ES2, which is, takes four uh, 357 uh, Energizer batteries, that might be the best of the lot because it was the last one made. Uh, they were made for three years. They're, you can tell them different. Uh, they're just slightly taller than a standard Spotmatic F. And it, that's the one 
spot aperture priority spotmatic i would even feel comfortable owning because again it was the last one made they sort of sorted out the electronics to most extent but again if you find one in the wild it is a crapshoot so without further ado i want to hand the mic over to mike and so you can talk a bit more about the lens mount and the lenses well the uh the lens mount that's the that's the uh, one baby about this this camera that really really shines compared to a lot of the other cameras that uh, we can talk about because the M42 lens mount was used on so many different manufacturers that the amount of lenses out there that you can get for this camera is just unreal. It oh, is just absolutely unreal. But the one type of lenses that everybody actually swears by, even though you can reasonably get Zeiss optics for it, believe it or not, actually are the original Takumar lenses. Yeah. Like, I've, I've happened to use the uh, 55 1.8. I've played around with a 135 3.5. I've got um, on it right now a 51.4. And I'll tell you one thing about these lenses. I have never used a lens that focuses as smoothly as Takamar lenses do. Oh, I know. From the lens quality, it's just insane. Because these lenses, you know, are getting upwards of... You know, they're older. Some of them are older than I am, and I'm 50. And it's like they're like made yesterday. You know, granted, if you've got the 51.4, you got the thorium glass issue, but you've got a built-in yellow filter if you just shoot black and white all the time. So, yeah. or at the same time, I mean, worst case scenario, it's a warming filter, and who cares? Half the time, these films are expired. They've got color shifts and everything else. Or if you live in certain climates, like England or our current climate right now. Everything is gray anyway, so it makes it look a little more cheerful. There you go. And so, you know, how, how when did you first come in contact with the Pentax Spotmatic? Like, how did you how did you stumble across it? That's actually a really interesting story. I had just actually really, really gotten into photography, shooting film, and all that fun stuff background. I think it was 2010 is when I really, really got serious, and. It happened to be the first camera I really came across at uh, at a flea market, and it was the first one that that I actually bought with my own money. Was uh, this little Spotmatic sitting in my hand right now? And the funny thing is, unfortunately, other than the fact that a minor mishap happened, and I don't know how, but the shutter release collar popped off and has since gone missing. I've showed Bill. He doesn't quite understand how it came off. There's nothing bent. So I don't know quite what went on. Luck of the draw? Could have been. But this camera still works. I've never got it CLA'd. It still works. I mean, if I I can release the shutter using a pin Mm -hmm. and it fires no problem, uh, advances. I mean, the advance leader doesn't snap back, which is indicative of an underlying problem starting to creep up. But I mean, it's done that ever since I bought this camera, like almost 10 years ago and Mm. it still works just fine. I think my first, uh, my, it was my brother who got me into Pentax Spotmatics. He sort of discovered them, I think in the mid two thousands, about 16, 17 years ago. Yeah. And he's like, Bill, you got to get this camera. It's really cool. So I went up with an SP 1000 and, you know, shot that for a few years. And then I wound up, uh, at a local regional camera chain that had a sort of a clearance store on Queen street here in Toronto. 
And the guy who ran the used counter, he was a bit of a character, and he loved his Spotmatics. And he sold me a Spotmatic F with a very late super multi-coated Takmar uh, 55.18 lens. 1.8? Yeah, it should be a 1.8 lens. It is... <sighs> I don't know if it's ever been serviced or not. It just runs flawlessly. The meter is accurate as all get out. I have shot Kodachrome on it. And, um, yeah, it's it, the ergonomics are something else. Now, getting back quickly to the lenses, if you've got an F and you want the full aperture, open aperture metering, you need the super multi-coated uh, Takamar lenses. There's an extra pin that you need. Otherwise, if you're using Super Takamars, you're stopping down like the previous models. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about that pin is it's actually a predecessor to the K-mount pin because you can find it on all K-mount lenses too. It's All it is is the linkage that goes between the lens for where your aperture your aperture stop is and the body. And it just tells the body where the aperture is nothing else and yet it's still carried it's still carried forward even on uh some modern day cameras i don't know if anybody's using uh mechanical linkages i know i know nikon was for the longest time i don't know if they still are now they're out they're out completely yeah ah well that's all right i, I didn't expect that to stay forever but no so pentax spotmatics of course you want one Everybody wants one. Everyone needs one. Of course you need one. You need one. If you were going to set up a, a small Spotmatic kit, I'd recommend getting the... Uh, an, I would get the super multi-coated Takmar glass because that's the best. Yeah, it's, it's the, the best coatings. Yeah. So I get a 2835. Uh, you can, if you're on a budget, the 5518. But if you can swing the extra money, get the 514. They're legendary. Yeah, yeah, but you have to get the super multi-coated. Don't get the, uh, the SMC either. We're, yeah, maybe we just won't go to get into the SMC ones. And all that, that would be complicated. <laughs> that's a, that that yeah, we that, that that's a rabbit hole unto itself. Yeah, and I think of the models, I would probably either look at the Spotmatic two or even the Spotmatic F because you've got the hot shoe. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it does seem like the hot shoe would not be really limiting, but believe it or not, it. It can be because sometimes you actually do want to shoot with a flash or mm-hmm. something along those lines. Or if you have a, a want to do a studio setup and all you have are the PC ports and you can't put your transmitter anywhere on your camera, well, what do you do? So you kind of might as well just get the hot shoe and go from there. And then the transmitter just even sits right on the hot shoe. And the other big bonus is, and again... I'm talking the Chrome Spotmatics. The black ones, of course, carry a premium in price due to their rarity. You can get them for under $100. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, easy. easy With lens. Yeah, even if it's just the uh, even if it's just the, uh, the Super Takamar or the uh, Takamar 518, who cares? It's oh, a yeah. great lens. I mean, even moving forward on the uh, the modern, more modern SMCA, the... Um, which one was that? The uh, 50 F2? Excellent. Excellent glass. So mm-hmm. Pentax glass is great, whether it's the earlier models or the later models. They all, all are stellar optics. Really sharp, great contrast, great clarity, great out of focus. What's more? What's more? What's not to love? So, yeah. And also the other bonus with Spotmatics is they're relatively easy to repair. Yes. Uh, so your repair tech won't give you the evil stink eye if you come in with something... A little rare, like say, like a R three. 
Yeah, and since they are basically a fully mechanical camera, if you do happen to get a model, the meter doesn't work, don't despair, all's not lost. Handheld meter. Yeah, handheld meter, Sunny 16, but the shutter is fully mechanical. And as I said, I've got one originally from 64. There's absolutely no markings whatsoever to say this thing has ever been serviced. And the thing works great. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, even the meter works. The last time I actually used the meter, but ever since the uh, button popped off, this camera's been a shelf queen. And oh. that's the one film that I lost on it. Oh, man. Scala. Agfa Scala. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. And it's still sitting exactly where the shutter died. Oh, well. Um, so, yeah, that's it. It's Bill Smith. And yep, this is Mike Pataxi signing off. And, uh, Get oh yeah, there. what's that? What's that saying about Pentax? Just hold one. Just hold one. Just yeah. hold one. Yeah. Hold the camera. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it's it's that's the one thing about this camera. This is very true. Spot the uh, Pentax had it right. Just hold one. Because once you so, hold one, you'll understand. That's it. Just keep on shooting film. Yep. Get out there. Get shooting. Grab a Spotmatic and have fun. <laughs>